welcome to Game Raven Review Podcast. My name is Sam, and a little housekeeping in case you missed last week, I am your new host for the Game Raven Review Podcast, aka GURP, because I made that up just now. Um, Henry, the, again, old host, has stepped down. If you missed that last week, please listen to the podcast. He gives a really good in detail of what's going on and that we wish him the best of all his future endeavors but moving forward you will have me so please welcome me with open arms and happiness um, and Yay! with that out of the way as you can hear we have a few people with us today um we have puppet say hello hey hey sorry i'm <laughs> i'm making a lot of noise this time around i'm just so sad i wasn't here for the last podcast i was so sick and it was henry's last one and i felt bad so Anyway. She sounded like a different person. Um, and we also have Taz. Taz, say hello. Heyo. All right. And again, one of the main segments we have here at GURP, aka Game Raven Review Podcast, um, will be, again, what we're playing for the week. And since I kind of did nothing this week as far as playing games, we're start off with Puppet. What were you playing this past week? Oh, my God. Actually, Sam, you would really like this game a lot. Um, I found this game because Taz was playing it on the Game Raven Review Twitch channel. Um, yes, we have a Twitch channel, everybody. It's Game Raven Review, um, and it's great. Um, he was playing Cozy Grove, and I mm -hmm. fell in love with it. Um, Cozy Grove is, um, it is adorable. It's like a life sim game, um, but you're a, a little being that's camping on a haunted island that's always changing all the time and um you're called what's called a spirit scout and you wander around the island's forest every day and you find new stuff and you help soothe the local ghosts and all the ghosts are these cute bears and it's so cute um and you can do crafting and a bunch of other stuff um and there's like a lot of fetch quests and things like that and basically you are bringing color and joy back to cozy grove and it's just so heartwarming and there's ghosts in it so i still um i'm like okay hey it's spooky enough for me uh, but it's also cozy so that's kind of been my um my my new little love um aside from that i've also been playing another cozy game um just because life's been a little crazy recently which is why i haven't been around um i restarted my island on animal crossing which is a big feat because I had put a lot of hours in my last island and it was it was freeing actually to restart my island. So if if you out there are playing Animal Crossing and you know you're you've been playing for a long time and you're just kind of done with it, I recommend just just restart your island. Don't even look at your island. Don't even think about it. Just restart it. Just do it. It's a clean slate. You get to start over. You get to be in debt to Tom Nook once again. And it's beautiful and wonderful. So that's what I've been doing this week is uh, trying to pay back my debts over again. <laughs> Games are like real life now. You're just always in that debt, especially to a raccoon of all things. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tess? Uh, so I've been playing some Mario Garf Golf Super Rush. That game is fire let me tell you we were playing it for like i don't know like eight hours yesterday straight of all the different modes different people like people came over to play it 
and just like stop by and like because you know we're you know we're hip we got the latest stuff in our house so people want to play our stuff because it actually came out i think last friday but i didn't realize it played it um solid game it's like up there with mario tennis um but just as complicated like it's not it's not a simple hit the ball into the hole type you got the full mechanics wind the the power the top spin back spin curvature different characters do different abilities so of course like bowser and Hong kong have a, have a greater drive than most of the characters but like toad and uh like boo they have they you can, they can curve their balls a little bit better so everyone will have their own little advantages and of course we had to unlock all of the like the courses in one day and the final course which is like of course it has to be like bowser's castle course is bananas okay because you'll hit the ball and it's not even a flat surface because it angles so you have to like get your grid on and like see where the curvature of the earth is and if you're gonna fall in the lava or not uh so it's pretty bananas it's pretty crazy so i might like try to play some online stuff and see if i can can uh can work my way into the the golf world online (laughs) All right, all right. I've seen a lot of the Super, Super Mario Golf. Is that what? It's, no, Mario Golf Super Rush. There we go. Super's in a different place now, and it looks amazing. Like it's one of those games that, again, I would like to play if I had a Switch one of these days. One of these days. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend. Oh, it's super fun. Uh, we actually played with um, uh, Frankie's mom. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Um, Taz's mom the other day, and um, his. Who, who yeah. Is that who is this other person? <laughs> oh, who is this other person? Who is this? Ah. Um, no, Taz's mom came over and played with us the first time we played, and she actually played the like OG Mario Golf, and that's what. Nice. And she was telling us that that's how she got into golf is through Mario Golf. Like it's what inspired her. And I'm like, oh my god, you're so cool. <laughs> no, the old Mario Golf was nice though. Yeah, it was solid. I, oh man, that's awesome! I know. I never got to play it, but this one is like super technical. Like when we started getting into it and playing it, like I, I was like overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't know anything about golf. I don't know what club to use. I don't know what this all means. Anyway, all I know is that Toad can jump, and I, I like to see him like jumping up and down his little sweater vest. So <laughs> he has little. He's a cute little vest and little hat. And look, all your mother dressed you this morning. Um, <laughs> All right, and moving on to the next segment that we have here that we do pretty much every week in our Discord, we have a daily question. Again, kind of asking the community just different gaming questions, just questions in general that we have. And again, we're also going to keep bringing that to the podcast. Again, with new hosts, things will still be the same. This week, we have this question of, do you ever imagine you in a video game when you're doing manual tasks and how? Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with this one myself. And yes, I, <laughs> again, as a child doing any kind of like chore was, you know, a chore. So doing that and trying to like entertain myself helped me do the chore. So like, <laughs> again, I'm exposing myself here. Like, if I was a kid and I'm like, I'm going to go fast because, you know, Sonic goes fast. <laughs> and I'm trying to do my chores as fast as I can as I run around the house. You know, that's even to somewhat this day. It's like, yo, I'm, I'm going to move around the speed of sound because that's pretty fast. And 
And it, I don't know, like it just something about again trying to somewhat trick yourself into like I'm going to be doing this for a while. Let me envision myself as somebody else doing this. How would Mario do it? He would probably just burn it, I guess, with his fire abilities. <laughs> you know, how would Samus do it? How would all these other characters do this task versus how Sam would do it, which is you know somewhat efficient versus you know Master Chief who would punch it real hard punch it hard yeah <laughs> what about you Tass um you know I think let's see I, it, I was I've been thinking about this question all day and I honestly like as much as I've been playing video games all my life I haven't really thought about it that way um only when, when I'm desperate I use it as a desperate attempt to like gain something you know like i was i was very athletic growing up and so i thought of it as that like experience points you know because in games it's like the easier the enemy the less experience you get whereas like the more difficult the challenge the enemy what have you the more experience you get so when you know where i'm working hard outside which is you know i never do anymore because you know it's it's bad out there um I always thought, okay, like if I can push through this, I'll gain some experience and I'll, I can perform better. I can do better next time around. And so that's kind of just like was always my mentality. Um, so it's not necessarily like in a menial task, but definitely in something like, like almost like a serious mindset, which is like just as good as like simple tasks to like actually like life things going on to just like, oh, cool. Think about video games to help me do this thing. What no matter like how great or small, you know, so that's kind of, that's that's how I that's that's kind of how I thought about it. Nice. Who are you, puppet? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I totally do. Um, although it's actually more so like when working out than menial tasks. Mm. So like, um, yeah, video games just like help. I don't know. Working out is so boring, you guys. I just I have such a hard time. I have to be doing something with my brain while I'm like working out and if if I'm not like playing tennis or like you know playing an actual game you know uh in real life then I have to figure out ways to like encourage myself to like do this sort of thing and um but like when it comes to like menial tasks I I I was a lot like you Sam like when I was growing up I would just imagine myself like earning coins or something like every time I would yeah like do a chore but like it was more so like I want to get five stars on this like task. So I want to do it really well. And if I spend more time with it, then like I will, I don't know, get a higher score in my brain. But yeah, it was it was out of desperation because, um, yeah, re- real life chores are just kind of boring. And video games, they just make chores so much more fun. And um, I just wish we could all have that like lovely little sound of like achievement every time we, you know, did an adult thing, right? That'd be so great. Like you leave the DMV, like, like yeah, yeah, got my license renewed, <laughs> yeah. yay, we paid a bill, Da-na-na-na. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, insurance paid again, woo. <laughs> 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 exactly. Yep. If you, any of you all want to get answer questions like this, again, please join our Discord on GameRavenReview.com, and we'll be right back after this.
Do, do you guys hear that? That 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 was the breeze being shooted. <laughs> For this segment, we're going to be doing again just shooting the breeze, getting to know one of one another, and kind of me because again, I also haven't been here. For all the podcasts, as you know, Taz and Puppet have more often than I have. So this would be a good segment to kind of get to know myself. Um, so I will start off with a little short description of me. Um, again, my name is Sam. I love, again, video games, movies, entertainment in general. It's just something that I enjoy. Um, I've been here now for the beginning of the year. Um, I think I started in like January, February or so. And I pretty much got invited to watch a live stream from my friend Martha, who also was a part of Game Raven. And it was like, yeah, we're doing like a 24-hour live stream. Come watch us. I'm like, yeah, okay. 24 hours, that's a long time. And I popped in, and honestly, it was just like a good environment, man. Like just seeing, again, the guy just have fun. And it was just one of those things like, yo, this is a good environment, good atmosphere. Again, just everyone seems like a little tight-knit family. And that was when... Mark kind of reached out, like, hey, do you want to join? I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> and again, just one of those things of now being part of like the, the parties, the Raven parties that we've had, some of the podcasts that we've had. And honestly, I think it's one of the best decisions I've made like this year is joining Game Raven. Nice. I didn't actually know that. Uh, the 24 hour um, stream is the first time you uh, encountered Game Raven. And that's funny that you it said is. that we seem like a tight knit family because. That was really like the first time we ever hung out with most of the writers. Really? Yeah, it was like the first time, but we just like all clicked. I don't know. It it was just uh it's a great group we got going. So, um that's really encouraging that you thought that we were, you know, already tight knit. Um man, that was so fun. It was so fun to do that 24 hour. Um that's a lot of gaming, let me tell you. Mm. But um we did we did a great job and Taz rocked it. He was up and Bro Tuzak too. He was up forever. Yeah, I'd worked a twelve-hour shift and then going into the twenty-four-hour stream. Holy moly, that was a bad Did idea. Did you do the whole twenty-four hours? Uh, I think I had a couple, like maybe one or two, like hour and a half nap breaks. Um, but otherwise, I was I was pretty much there the whole time. And like, it was happening in our house too. So like, I couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> I couldn't do anything mm-hmm. else, you know. But like, no, no, it was it was like what I'm saying is like it was it was so great to. I'm glad I was able to stick through it, you know? Yeah. All to just be like, get a pie in my face. (laughs) (laughs) Again, maybe in the future, they'll have another event somewhat similar. And hopefully I am not leaving with any kind of pie residue on my face. Well, I really hope (laughs) you do, though. It's the best part. And actually, (laughs) since you mention it, um, yes, we are planning on um, doing one at the end of July. So... Stay tuned for more info about that. We love our charity fundraisers for sure. But just keep uh, keep your eyes out on our socials and we'll let you know when that is and um, all the deets on that. Very excited for it. And kids, that's what you call a segue. Segue. All right. So next question. My first console. Ah, so back in the year old years of what, 1990 something or other. Um. Little Sam was like, yo, mom and dad, I would love to have a console. And my mom and dad were like, cool, you can get like a console and a game. And I was like, all right, mom, like, this is a big decision for like six-year-old me. <laughs> like, oh, what do I want to get? So I like, again, back in the day, kids, there was a thing called Toys R Us. And they would give like the Toys R Us, 
what do they call it? The Christmas like magazine or whatever it was, where it was like, here are all the toys coming out for Christmas kids. And I rushed to get the newspaper, looked inside, like, right, cool, there's a Super Nintendo or a Sega Genesis. And I'm like, oh, but the Sega Genesis, it's it's so cool. It has like the three buttons and has Sonic or the Super Nintendo, but it has Mario. And like all my friends have Nintendos too. So maybe I'll get that one. And I ended up getting the Super Nintendo for that Christmas and Super Super Mario Brothers, I think Super Mario World, I believe. And I remember playing that game so much because I was so bad at it. Like I I died so much. Like I honestly don't believe I ever finished that game by myself. I remember a cousin coming over and just like, oh, you're playing this game? Oh, yeah, I beat this like 15 times. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I beat it too. I'm just playing it over again, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah. I want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you could like try to beat this, I bet you can beat this level again. Ha ha ha. Oh, you beat that level? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was just like, that was my first console. And I, I kept that console probably until like the mid or so 2000s until we moved. And then it got lost in the move shuffle of wherever things go. Oh, no. Lost. Oh, no. <laughs> Same, though. A lot of our old consoles got lost amid the shuffle. Ugh, so sad. Oh, uh, but how about you guys? What, what were you guys' first console? I mean, don't jump in right away, Taz. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thinking. I'm thinking. You're I'm thinking. Gaming since I could, like, hold a bottle yeah, in my you're hand. You're born you know? with a console in your hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll start then while you're thinking. Um, uh, my very first console was a uh, Game Boy Pocket. And mm. I think my parents got it for me because I was a wild child. And the only way to get me to be quiet in the car during long car rides was to hand me a Game Boy. And um, so my brother and I shared a um, a Game Boy Pocket and the very first game I played on it, I believe, was um, Pokemon Red, I think. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, that's where my love of Pokemon started. And from there, we got, like, um, the Game Boy Color. When the Game Boy Color came out, that was so cool because everything's in color. And then we got, like, the Game Boy Advanced. And, um, and then after that, it was, like, the Game Boy Advance SP and... I just remember being hunched over in the back of a, a car with a little worm light over my, yes, you know, yeah. Worm lights. yeah. <laughs> and it, we'd have to like make sure we brought extra batteries because it would like suck up all of our battery power. Um, but yeah, and we'd have like our game link, you know, that like physically connected um, our our two like Game Boys together and. It was crazy. Um, so yeah, it was Pokemon on the Game Boy Pocket. Um, that was my my very first experience um, with it. And I'm also remembering there was like, maybe it wasn't on the Game Boy Pocket. It was the Game Boy Color. There was um, a Jungle Book game that I played. And I... Oh, that game was hard. Did you play that game? Is this not a fever dream that I'm having right now? Like I'm no, I, I played it. The game sucked. It was so hard. Oh my gosh, it was, and you had to like jump around. Um, it was like a platformer, I think, and yeah, it was really hard. But we like we really stuck with it. I think my brother beat the game actually, which would not surprise me. He was always so much better. 
um, than I was at everything. So, um, but yeah, I, I do remember that, um, that game. And uh, there was also a, a Looney Tunes game that we played as well. And I remember um, flying around as a little, um, uh, what's the pig's name from Looney Tunes? I can't remember. His Porky, Pig. Porky, Porky Pig. Yes. Yeah. He's like in a plane and you're like shooting things or something. And I don't oh, know. What? Yeah, it was so crazy. So those were like the three games that we played a lot back then. So there you go. <laughs> that was my first console. How about you, Taz? Did you have time to think about it? Yeah, I think my first console was actually I had the Pokemon like Pikachu Nintendo 64. Yes. yes. Was my first console. It's either that or a PlayStation one. One of the two. I cannot remember how young I was, but I would play like, you know, Donkey Kong 64, a solid, you know, like RPG. It was great. Great game. Um, kind of like Banjo-Kazooie. Style, but like the the console of the in the N sixty four, like the the cheeks, like the red cheeks on Pikachu, like they would light up when you turn the console on. It was like blue and yellow. It was awesome. It was great. And like the color scheme on the controller was pretty sick. Um, but yeah, I would play like that, like that. Uh, Pokemon, no, yeah, Pokemon Stadium. That was a solid game. Great game. Great game. Uh, probably I, sh- I played that game with your brother uh, for Two Player Tuesday and. I he whooped me, dude. He freaking whooped on me. It was yeah. bananas. It was crazy. Yeah, he's he's so good at the game. Uh yeah. Any of the old Nintendo games, like he he's just like super good at all of them. It was it was yeah. uh, it was hard growing up with Sam. You know, it was. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, the other Sam. The other Sam. I think I was able to beat him in like the mini games, but not in actual battling. That was that was terrible. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was hilarious, but it was terrible. I remember my, getting my PS1 and somewhat tricking my mother, who was very against fighting games. I don't remember what my argument was, but how Street Fighter wasn't a fighting game. What? How <laughs> did you swing that? I don't remember. And I think she probably just knew I was lying and probably just gave it to me anyway. But I remember <laughs> like having just like, yeah, this is like more of an adventure game, you know? You just go around, <laughs> like... You know, not not fighting, like like not fighting, like you know, having de- strong debates. <laughs> about, strong debates. You know about it's who awesome. is the king of the streets to fight it. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Oh, uh, because it was like I think it was Alpha Three, and I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. What game or series shaped you the most in your childhood? Hmm. Uh, if anyone has a that answer already you can go forward um because i do kind of need to think i'm not sure as do you have anything yes for sure game series shaped me the most in my childhood was definitely kingdom hearts even to this day kingdom hearts was Mm. like it was uh, man like it was so crazy i don't even know how old hold on let me do a quick google search when did kingdom hearts one come out one release date 2002 yeah march 28th 2002 i was six i was six years old and i played it because like i don't know on the cover i saw you know donald and goofy and mickey i'm like cool this is gonna be great and then like i played it and then like the if if you guys ever played it and like watched the intro it was just like it blew my freaking mind and i'm like I'm, i'm fighting these little dark monster things and this giant one comes up and i'm like holy crap i'm freaking out and then there's a 
a raft and then oh holy moly like just that that was so so that was my initial shock to it you know anime boy saves the world (laughs) and then you know mickey mouse shows up somewhere and also with other final fantasy characters like everyone likes to talk oh like avengers the greatest crossover of all time it's like nah dude disney and at the time squaresoft which is now square enix that was the greatest crossover of all time can you imagine cloud being whooped on by donald like how like can you you rep (laughs) actually no it's it's when we first fight him he's definitely the other way around he was whooping on us but it just it was so mind-boggling so how that shaped me was just like i wanted everything to be together in a way of like oh man it would be really cool if like this character was in this show or like or like like uh i would look out for those things right crossover events for for shows like do you guys remember do you guys ever watch the fairly odd parents and the uh jimmy neutron crossover episode i remember yes, that yes yeah. i do it yeah awesome. it was awesome so those types of situations were like top tier just like i don't know like so to this day shaped my childhood and to this day i'm just like I just the story's not even done. The story's not even finished yet. Okay, nineteen years late, later, we're left with the cliff. Actually, the game came out. The, the third installment came out a couple of years ago, but still, it's still, story's not done yet. So I hope I like live to see the day that it like it 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 completes its its thing. Also, fun fact: um, during this Pride Month, um, the the artist for uh, Utada Hikaru, who like did the themes for all of the main installments, um, came out as uh, uh, non-binary um, during a live stream. Oh, and so like very that, cool. That was very interesting. I still need to listen to their music again because um, they're a very successful artist outside of Kingdom Hearts. They they have multiple albums and stuff, both in English and Japanese. Um, but it would be interesting to go through those lyrics again and kind of see if there was some not necessarily hints, but like some deeper meaning that uh, I now ha- now that I have this information, if there's some deeper meaning in their lyrics to kind of being who they are. So, yeah, so that was great. So I still think about that to this day. It's great. That's me. That's so cool. I remember the mm-hmm. first time, Taz, that you told me, like, I was like, oh, what is your favorite video game? Like, you know, we're just getting to know each other. And he's like, Kingdom Hearts. And I'm like, what? What is that? <laughs> he's like. He's like, oh, it's like, uh, it's it's about this guy named Sora, and oh yeah, um, Donald Duck is there, and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> and, I, and then he's like, and then the Final Fantasy characters, and I'm like, what? <laughs> this is. I thought he was joking. I'm like, no, wait, this. Are you like pulling my leg right now? Like, are you trying to be cute? Like, whatever. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, what the heck is this right now? This is. <laughs> and I just kept asking myself, like, why? What? Wait, what? Wait, I don't. Why? Why are they doing this? And yeah, you anyway. gotta get the kingdom hard with the keyblade, but not key spelled with the regular key. Key spelled like the Greek way or whatever. Yeah, the keyblade. Darkness, 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 darkness. The hearts and stuff, and the nobody. But not your regular heart. Like your Roxas heart's like the, a soul. Yeah, your Roxas is Sora, but Sora is not Roxas. Mm. All these things. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a nobody? Yeah, yeah. What is it? No, it's a nobody and a. Uh, You also make a heartless, heartless, right? Yeah. If you kill the heartless and the nobody, you then become a somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, all right. Because I played Kingdom Hearts 1 and I loved it. Like, yeah. I, I also loved Kingdom Hearts 1. And then I remember, like, back in the wild west of the YouTubes of, like, seeing that one video of, like, the Keyblade War. Yeah. And I was like, yo, that's what? What? That's going to be Kingdom. That's going to be. Who? <laughs> oh, and then <laughs> seeing, like, what was it? I guess the 3DS, whatever the next game that came out. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't want this. I don't want this. <laughs> Oh man, but that's dope, man. Yeah, like I, I can actually hear the passion, like the the love you have for Kingdom Hearts. Heck yeah, dude. That I, I kind like I have enough to look at it and be like, when it comes out, I'll look at it, watch somebody play it, and then be like, all right, my life is now okay. <laughs> um, I think for me, again, like for me, I'm always gonna lean towards Super Mario. I, I really just like that character. So as a kid. Playing Super Mario World, playing Smash for the first time, being very vanilla, playing Mario because, I mean, he is the main character. Like, even today, where um, again, time of recording, they did another like Smash announcement of the new character and showing um the guy from Tekken Kazuya, yeah. Kazuya, yeah, and just being like, I'm so hype about all of this. Like I'm like I enjoy Super Smash Brothers. Is that game the best? Probably not. But it's still something that you don't have to be great at it to get friends together and just play it. Like, most of the, most of the people are simple. Like, again, there's like eight buttons you can press to do something. And it's just something to be like, yo, let's sit down, let's play, whether it be Smash or Melee or Brawl and to now Ultimate, which it has to be the last one. Like, there's it, just too many characters here. <laughs> that just still is amazing to me. Like, to, to look at Kazuya today and just be like, this game came out probably what 2017, 18 or so. And they're still getting people to like you're still getting hype about your like a hundredth plus player. Like you're still seeing things being added that one day you may actually, actually might even see Goku in this game. Probably won't, because next is gonna be the last one. But it's still that hype of like I remember playing this in like 2000, and Smash is still being played. It's still being played competitively and just casually, and just something that I just remember like being with friends. Like yo, we're playing Smash while all the other kids are like playing outside and getting fresh air. <laughs> we're dragging in the TV on that stand <laughs> on that cart to the room and be like, hey teacher, can yeah. we play Smash Brothers? And teacher yeah. being like, you know. I guess you guys can, and me being like, yeah. <laughs> and to still see it now, it's like, man, this game is still going, huh? Like, this, you got Kazoo, you got Tekken players, you got Street Fighter players, you got Banjo Kazooie, you got, like, like this is Mugen. Like, if you don't know what Mugen is, Mugen is just pretty much the everybody can play, like, in this game, and you literally can have anyone. Like there's like I remember it was Reggie and I'm forgetting the other guy's name. I do apologize when they first announced me characters, and they created again the two tops of like U.S. Nintendo and Jap- Japan Nintendo as me characters, and I found that hilarious because I'm like <laughs> I can literally make myself a sword fighter or a brawler or whatever, yeah, and put myself in the game. Like I can put anyone in the game. You know, I can put my mom in the game if I wanted. Like it's just. The hypeness of that's still a thing. Like, this is still happening. It's still going on. Your kids' kids will be able to look at this and be like, Mom, I'm going to play 
super smashed by this ultimate two and being like oh did they actually finally add goku and be like no no (laughs) justice for waluigi though Man, that would be fun if he's the last character. That'd be hilarious. As a troll, just like here, (laughs) you guys have asked for it long enough. Last three years, fine. (laughs) What are you, puppet? Oh man, this is this is difficult because you know I mentioned Pokemon before. Um, It's really a toss-up between uh, Pokemon and uh, the Legend of Zelda. Um, Again, I like uh, I started with the Game Boy and uh, A Link to the Past was like my first Zelda experience. Um, And I just got lost, you know, and I just love I don't know. I just love Zelda. Like, (laughs) I just remember like um, about four years ago, I got to go see the um, Zelda Symphony and I was just like crying, (laughs) just sitting there like a little dork, just like crying with all the music because it was so nostalgic and it was like just so inspiring there was like the sense of adventure that I craved you know when I was younger and it was just like an escape you know um and I just I got so like revved up when I was playing Zelda I just loved it and um yeah so good um but yeah I don't know it's it's between Zelda and and Pokemon like Pokemon really was has always been a big love of mine and I've always gotten really into it. And I just love that it like, like you said, smash brothers kept going like Pokemon still going. And so is Zelda. And it's like, so fun to see those things from my childhood, like, like still, yeah, still, still going and working. And like, I love that. I can like, I I was a nanny for a while, right. For like two little boys and I could talk to them about pokemon and mm-hmm. i was like their favorite babysitter because i would come over and i could talk about pokemon with them and even now like my friends who are like having kids and things like that they're like introducing them to like the pokemon series and things and it's just so freaking fun because i'm like this is spanning generations right now like i mean we're generationally we're, we're all gonna have different you know thoughts and feelings about the world but we can agree on the friendship of pokemon you know, <laughs> oh, and I just man. love that. <laughs> well, back in my day, Pokemon Red and Blue didn't care about you or your feelings. Like <laughs> I know it was so hard, but I I can't I can't go back to be like yo Pokemon Red because I'm pretty sure I if I played it now, I'm like man, this game probably isn't as good as I remember it being. But I remember like you said the link cables and having battles at school mm-hmm. and having my worm light because you know there was no backlight for for the Game Boy. So yeah. you had to get that wormlet that also burned your batteries even twice as fast. Yeah. And oh man, I just like even looking at Pokemon now, I was like, look at the look at the graphics. Like look look at the graphics. Look at that was it Pokemon Arceus is coming out or whatever. Like mm-hmm. open world Pokemon? Like that Yes. That's what I've always wanted. <laughs> like, I know. And like when okay, Breath of the Wild has been such an influential game on me. And like I know people have different feelings about it, but I freaking love the game. Cause it was like open world Zelda. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Like, okay, mind you, I get like Ocarina of Time, like had a little bit of that, but it was nothing close to the to Breath of the Wild. Like, you're just you can do whatever you want. You can cook. You can dress Link up. And it's like the best thing ever. And I love it so much. And now they're going to do more open world like Pokemon. I'm just happy as a little clam right now. Like, I I just, I'm just happy. I just love it. So, 
there you go. Those those two series. Um, I can't really choose between them, so I'm just gonna say both of them: Pokemon and The Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda got had that reveal. I guess it was during E3 of the ah, blanking on the name of the game. We just mentioned it. Oh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, the new one. Yeah, Breath of the Wild two or update or whatever it is. So again, looking for that one because that also looks kind of cool. And who am I fighting? Because thought we already got rid of Ganon, but I guess right keep though. A pig down, I guess. I know. Well, <laughs> the cool part of that series is like it's um it's karmic or like it's a it's like cyclical. It's like um the reincarnations of of these like beings. And so like you have Link, for example, it's not just Link is like not a person. It, it's a it's a character like a, mm-hmm. a spirit right and and then you have ganon and ganon's not just one person it's like a spirit and it's like you see it in different generations and different times and in different timelines and then if you like look at you know where where each of the games land in each of the timelines it's so cool and i just love that concept of like um you know it, it's your past selves you know that have told the same story over and over again but it is expressed so differently because times are different or um you know technology is different or something you know i i just i i I like it a lot it's a it's a cool way to like copy and paste kind of the same story and yet keep it kind of fresh at the same time i really like that very nice Mm -hmm. and as we move along here how did you get into indie games for me i'm going to answer that with uh i'm kind of sad to admit that i still like this series um it's called fnaf aka five nights at freddy's nice and that was what 2014 of every youtube person ever doing that of hey we're playing this five nights at freddy game oh it's going to be really scary and honestly is it a very basic game yes was it built like by one man? Also, yes. And when you look at his story where he was literally not homeless, but like barely making any money, working at Dollar General, making like Christian children's games that nobody wanted. And <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's was his last game. He said, like, if this game did not do well, I was quitting doing video games. And now, just so I can look this up, there are... 10 games as of whenever Security Breach comes out. There are three spinoff games. There are three novels. There are 12 anthology books. Yeah, there's a whole lore. There's a whole world he created with that. Yes. And that, to me, again, anyone who's listening to this, you have a dream, follow your dream. Like, to me, this is a prime example of an indie darling, as you call it, that, again... If you look at Five Nights at Freddy's now and what security breach is going to be, again, like we talked about the generations, it's been seven years of something that is pretty much like a flash game in your browser to now having ray tracing and being like, this is amazing. Like, and again, I guess side note of things that happened in his personal life, which I don't agree with whatsoever of people doing what they're doing with him. I really feel sad for him and his family, all the things they have to go through at this moment. I still appreciate the series. Like, to me, that was my, oh, man, you know, this isn't a mainstream game. What is this about? And then seeing everything that came from it to even watching Undertale and loving Undertale. Like, it has so much polish and so much character to it. 
that for me it was like yo this this is like as much as i like you know i, I love zelda i love mario i love like the mainstream games i don't think you would get that same feeling from undertale if it was done by like xbox or if it was done by ubisoft or something like you can see again the passion being put into this indie game that again was built by like a person you know like you talk about the lore of, of friday nights at freddy's like that's like now it's a whole bunch of other people but that was like one guy making all this stuff up for a while and then having to write books to be like yeah so i kind of messed up in the games but the books will make more sense and he was like no they don't <laughs> like you no i read some of your books sir i enjoy them but these don't make sense either but i just love him like i love the the randomness of this man's mind to say i'm going to make these haunted animatronics with the hauntings of dead children which i'm like oh that's kind of sad but you know here's a f- cute plush at your hot topic though <laughs> you're welcome oh my gosh okay so i i just i have to back you up for just a minute because i am my mind is blown right now i'm on the wikipedia page for scott cawthorn cawthorn um i didn't he literally worked for hope animation and created animations for children based on christian values Mm -hmm. and then he went to make indie (laughs) horror games about what 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 like what a transition About animatronics eating children and a purple man killing those children and then putting those children inside inside said animatronics and then haunt those animatronics to then burn him alive um because he is also a immortal person kind of Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. I want to know what happened <laughs> in this guy's subconscious to make that kind of a, a turn. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I want to say that it was something like, I want to do the opposite of what I was doing, because no one was taking like the Christian game seriously. So fine, mm-hmm. I'll switch it totally to something else. Wow. And <laughs> again, a million plus dollars later, here, here we go. Here's your 20 plus different entries. Here's your t-shirts at your hot topics. Here's that movie that eventually will come out one day because I think they started filming like this month. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What about you all? I'm just shocked. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, (laughs) uh, I have a very different story, actually. I didn't have one indie game in particular that really got me into indie games um i think i might have mentioned this before in the podcast but um i i first fell in love with indies at pax actually um a friend of mine you know took me for the first time and um uh she was like hey we should go check out the indie mega booth and i'm like the what and we just started walking around and i sat and i played a couple demos and then i was like you know chatting with someone um and they were like oh yeah i made this game and i was like wait, what? You made this game by yourself. What? And my mind was just blown because, again, I grew up with Nintendo. I'm used to credit rolling forever because there's so many people who work on these freaking games. And to think, like, whoa, like, just you made this game and you're here, like, trying to get people to buy this game? Like, that's amazing. And this is, like, a great game. Like, how? And it just... I was just in awe of these people. And so that's kind of how I fell fell in love with indie games because like it was more so like 
the relationships and and the people who make the games that I find very fascinating and and super inspiring. And I've just found, I mean, Sam, you kind of mentioned this earlier, like overall, like there's so much more heart that seems to go into these indie games. And it's like an expression of love um, of creation that these people like birth into the world. And I'm so excited to play all these games that they're making. And so that's kind of, that's my story. That's kind of how I got into, um, into indie, indie games. Um, I think, you know, classic first, first indie game that I really delved into, um, probably was Stardew Valley, like most people. Um, but it really hasn't been until like, yeah, I guess in the last, oh gosh, how old am I? Um, the last decade that I ha- I've been into indie games. So a lot of the games that I play, you know, aren't the early ones on, but they're just kind of, um, they're the newer stuff that's like constantly coming out. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of my story. What about you, Taz? How did you, what was your first indie game? Do you remember? I have, uh, I don't really know, actually, I, like... I don't remember exactly how I got into indie gaming because uh, I remember I got because I've always been like I, I I didn't have a computer growing up. I just, you know, rocked the consoles. Um, it wasn't until I was going to college that I, uh, I got a laptop for school. Um, and maybe it was sooner than that. I don't know. But regardless, I didn't even have Internet at home. So not like I can really access theme or download any games but by any means so i would use the my college's wi-fi to like scroll through games instead of like learning and it, it so so like you know because you know i knew of steam i'm like okay steam is like pretty um because i played at uh, a friend's house who had a computer and had the whole setup so i i i, I was versed in it but now was my chance to be like okay what's 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 new what's fresh because even like how long does it go is that like seven years ago like on consoles indie games weren't really as prominent you had to go on the pc for that indie games have gone a long way in terms of publishing in terms of where you can get them nintendo Mm -hmm. you know you know the switch ps4 xbox playstation all those things they've done a wonderful job of just actually picking up those things because indie gaming is like growing um but i was like okay i want to see something different what's new what's fresh different art styles different things and so i would just like buy these like pretty like relatively cheap like indie games and like with because you know i had more more of a more of a grand story to it more more in like in depth um because uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of like a game that I th- I thought was great, um, like Super Hot was like one of the f- like one of the ones I remember being like when it first came out that that game was like intense and very kind of scary, you know, kind of kind of scary a little bit. Um, uh, but I never got into Undertale. I did not get into Undertale. But um, I just it was just, it was just more of a more of a kind of slow exposure type situation for me. And like when we finally, when I went to PAX for the first time, I did go to the indie mega booth also. And I was like, Whoa, cool. Like all these, you know, same similar experience as you puppet. Like you guys are like, like where's, where's your squad at? And it's like, Oh, it's just, it's just me or it's just us two or just our small team who is all here now showing off our game amongst, you know, the, the giants of the gaming industry. And I'm like, yo, that's freaking sweet, dude. That's free. And they make some good, solid games, too. 
So, yeah, it was kind of just a slow exposure for me. Nice. And that's what I yeah. enjoy about indie games. Of like when you get to see them on like the grand stage of being at a PAX or seeing them on the E3 stage, for like the maybe even like the five seconds it gets, but it's still in like their indie showcase. You're like, yo, I met those people. I remember that game. Like I remember mm-hmm. that game on Indiegogo or whatever. Like, yo, I supported that Kickstarter. It's like I'm really happy you guys are making it. You know, like this is this is really amazing to see again, like I said, like just your dream of I wanna make a game to then making that game and people really enjoying like just the experience, the story, the, the graphics that you're putting in, like all the hard work that you put in and being like, this is this, that is exactly the goal that you want to have when you're having your indie games out there. Yeah, for sure. There's like a, a part of you that feels like you're part of their story too. Um, that's super encouraging. And I, I I think, um, you know, it feels kind of like grassroots a little bit. It's like, oh, yeah, like I remember meeting them and like I was involved in that. And like um, there's some it's like it's like when you're I don't know, somebody from your town ends up on American Mm -hmm. Idol or something and you're like, oh, I have a connection to that person. Like, I get it. Like, you know, because we feel so separated from media and, uh, you know, games and movies and all that stuff when it it comes from AAA. you know, big things. We have our own relationships, but like, it's totally different if you're like, I know what that person looks like and sounds like, and I know what their personality is because I met them once and they're now making this game. And I got to be, I got to experience part of their story. And I, I feel ownership in that, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's like this personal connection. Definitely. And for the last question we have here is what are you looking forward to on our podcast the most? I believe that's more lean towards me. I, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and honestly, getting to know these lovely people better. Again, getting to talk to them in and out of the, again, the, <laughs> want to keep saying potion party, you know, but getting, in, getting to know people from the Raven party to just, again, the chats we have through the Discord. But with this, this is, again, like the ultimate, like we're going to sit down and just have a conversation. Like, yes, this also is a podcast, but I also want people to kind of feel comfortable in this setting so if you want to tell a story tell a story all right cool we're going to talk about this oh this is a question you want to ask about something else let's ask it let's talk about it let's let's get to know each other more personally and for me that's what i'm looking forward to the most is getting to know all these wonderful people who have game raven to anyone else that i meet during this journey to say hey you know Oh yeah, I we had that guy on the podcast. Yeah, you know, you know they were on the podcast. You know, last year, you know, talking about their game, and now look at them. You know, let's bring them back and be like, hey, how does it feel? You know, to have your game be successful, what would you want to? What would you want to do different? Like having those connections that, for me, I think what the I don't say a emotion statement, but the statement that I believe is for Game Raven is that I want to be you, and I want this podcast to also be the same. If I can help bring that out, I will. And that's what I want here. I want us to build relationships. Yeah, I. That's so cool that you you describe it that way because I I didn't really think of it that way. But now that you're talking about it, our podcast has kind of turned into it's like this uh, little bubble of uh, like a little living room, like a virtual living room that uh, different people from different parts of the indie gaming world kind of find themselves in, and they sit down and yeah, we just we hang out and it, it, it's an open place to just. I don't know, a- answer silly questions like, you know, uh, d- do you ever imagine yourself in a video game while you're doing menial tasks? Like, 
you know, uh, it, it can just be a really relaxed and open, um, conversation. And honestly, like it, I, we, I'd never expected the podcast to get to this space, but I'm super happy it did. And, um, I'm super happy that you're a part of it too, Sam, like, um, that we have a, a new voice here and, uh, somebody who's so passionate about Indies, like, and, uh, who is looking forward to, yeah, those relationships and cultivating that space, that beautiful space that we have now here at the part podcast. And even for like our listeners too, like, um, I, I know I, I have, uh, friends who look forward to listening to us just talk, you know, cause it's, it's kind of like a little break in the day and you can kind of, you can learn a little bit and you can kind of relax and just kind of feel like, yeah, you're in game Raven's little living room little podcast <laughs> for a little bit to talk about there's some pretzels yeah we have snacks we got snacks here we got you know whatever you need <laughs> so that's awesome well i'm thank you for being here sam and for taking on this this role thank you for having me thank you for again giving me this opportunity to have said role um i again like i said with henry stepping down there are big feel, shoes to fill i do hope you guys again will just help me get adjusted to again the situation again i'm going to do my best please again give me time to adjust please don't be too rough with me <laughs> uh but again i honestly don't think again the audience is going to be that way like i again the game raven atmosphere is very much inviting and again i hope you guys feel the same way listening to this podcast that it is an invite in invitement that is not a word <laughs> very inviting to listen to just to have in the background to laugh with to share with your friends to do with whatever you want to do with this podcast yeah and and with that guys this is going to be the end i want to thank you so much for tuning in to the game raven review podcast i have been sam you can find me pretty much on every social media as sam said it dfw and puppet where can i find you I am Puppet Master N, that's Puppet Master E-N, and you can also find me on all the socials, and I do stream on Twitch, so Friday nights um, at uh, 6pm Pacific Time, I am on Game Raven's channel, playing indie demos and other indie games, and then um, on my own channel, I stream Saturdays and Sundays, um, and uh, yeah, it's mostly indie horror, but uh, I'm exploring, and I might do some pop-up streams here and there, so catch me on the twitter and the twitch and the insta and all of that jazz i'll see you there and you taz uh yes i am taz you can find me at taz devil three on pretty much every social media site uh i do stream on twitch every tuesday thursday and saturday at my own channel and then i stream on uh the game raven review in twitch channel playing indie games on wednesdays um i do two player tuesday where i play with some of my friends, uh, other Ravens, other streamers, things like that. We play two co like co-op co multiplayer games for a good time. Thursday, it's kind of a free-for-all, playing whatever's fresh, new, what have you. And then uh, I got some spooky Saturday where I think in the next couple of weeks we should be able to finish uh, Resident Evil Village. So it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, but I hope to see you all there. And, and as always, you, can got, you guys can find us at Game Raven Review. That is going to be on Twitter and on Twitch. You can also find us at GameRavenReview.com and also join our Discord. Hope you all have a wonderful and fantastic week. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.
Are you game?